0: And welcome to the show, everybody. Dan Gladman here, along with my very good pals, Javon Shepard, Andy Routens. They make up the front office of the Ottawa Blackjacks in the Canadian Elite Basketball League. And, you know, we've been doing this podcast uh, for almost a year now. This is our 40th episode working together. And we do have a little bit of news to break. So after today... Shep and Andy are going to be moving on from the podcast. I think in the one year that we've really become friends and work together, um, a lot of us are evolving in our lives and our careers. And I think that this podcast has been, uh, you know, a really fun experience, but also an opportunity for all of us to learn and grow. So I guess I want to start by, by going around the table. Let's start with you, Javon Shepard, general manager of the Ottawa Blackjacks. Um, it's been so amazing doing this podcast with you for the past year. what, what, tell us about the things that you have lined up for yourself. It, it seems like you, you are doing so much just loading up in this past year.
1: Yeah. You know, first of all, you know, just to to add on to what you said, it's been, you know, a great experience working with both you and Wonger. Uh, Wonger is always in the background, feeding us info and, and making jokes and shit while we're on this thing. But no, I think, you know, and I also have to credit, give credit to the podcast because a lot of opportunities have have really come from from this, you know, just this experience and just you know this space here. But you know, as going forward, I uh, just you know have a, I have my hand in a couple of things. I think right now we really want to lock in or lock in on you know the what we have the task at hand with the Ottawa Blackjacks and just really make sure we you know get our best foot forward. Um, Olympics and you guys obviously know I do some stuff in the media Olympics is coming up so the the, the summer is going to be a bit hectic um, you know there's no I just want to make sure I have the time have the space to um, just make sure I'm available when things do pop up but again can't really dive into too much right now but we'll see we'll see where things head man um, I'm just excited to for you Dan to even continue this and you know just have I, I'm able to come on as a guest and shoot the shit and now I can come on. I can curse. I can act crazy and stuff like that. But <laughs> no, I, I, you know it, it's been fun, um, and I'm definitely looking forward to continue continue listening to everything that you're going to be producing.
0: Well, that that is uh, really awesome to hear. And you know, Shep, um, I, I've gotten to know you in this past year, and you're you're an amazing guy. And I have I have seen your. Uh, evolution into a media voice in this country. And I'm not surprised to see the work you've done and the work you're getting uh, with CBC Sports covering the CEBL and and I hope uh, the national team as well. Um, I was so happy and proud the day that you got uh, announced to be the general manager of the Ottawa Blackjacks, and, and uh, as your career continues moving forward, both as a, a sports executive and a media member, uh, yeah, I do look forward to uh, to having you as a guest and really putting you on the hot seat. I think that that's something that we can look forward to in in several media forms down the road. A- Andy, um, I I worked with your dad Leo for for 20 years and he is a media icon Mm -hmm. in this country. And uh, other than for yourself being a star of basketball teams since your high school days, certainly your university days at Syracuse and your professional career, um, overseas, I w uh, I hadn't seen you do a lot of media stuff. So I was thrilled that you you know were worked on this podcast for the past year, and I, I'd love to hear from you what you're doing next, what your future plans are. Yeah, I mean, um,
2: I think as you, as you guys know me, I'm a little bit of a, a private person by nature. So to have this opportunity to come out and you know put my voice out there and, and do it with with such great people, I mean, it was. I think it you know for us too. Um, you know, it was a gift and a curse that this happened through the time of the pandemic, because obviously it limited us to what we could do in person, but, you know, to have these relationships to bounce off of and, and, and to talk basketball every week has been a pleasure. And, uh, I mean, this is a real circle jerk, isn't it? Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, you know, you know, for the Jack of all trades and, and, and Wonger, the, the idea catalyst, writer, producer, you know, uh, screen, you know, working with a, a an award-winning TV producer and yourself, Dan, and, 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 you know, the fact that we can you know, commiserate over music and uh, some potential producing things and to watch Shep and his evolution and, you know, all the things that he's doing with CBC, the national team, you know, uh, uh, you know, with the blackjacks, you know, having the opportunity to work with him as the assistant general manager has, has been an absolute pleasure. And, you know, I think there's nothing but great things for all of us going forward. Um, but yeah, this has been exciting. This has been, this has been a great platform and, uh, a jumping off point into the next part of my career, whatever that is. I think I'm just kind of dipping my toes into, into all different types of ponds just to see what sticks. Um, and, and I don't think there's any rushing that uh, I'm enjoying the process thus far. And, you know, I kind of see things, uh, you know, maybe playing out in the coaching side a bit, you know, getting my hands a, a little bit more uh, involved in the day-to-day stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to, take this time to explore what's out there and, and, you know, continue, uh, continue on the post, uh, playing career.
0: Well, it is, it's awesome to hear all that. And also Andy, I, I am so proud really to see you in the front office job, the assistant general manager of the Blackjacks, and as happy as I was to see individually, you guys get those jobs. The fact that you're working together, um, building that team, uh, working with the president, a friend of all of ours, Mike Svitkovic. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus my, my own involvement with the CEBL, uh, producing their games on CBC. I am just, uh, you know, I'm happy to see it. I think you guys are going to do amazing. No pressure. I expect you to win the championship this year, but we expect but, uh, that too. that's right. And plus I I'm looking forward to that treatment. I'm going to get when I come up for the game on uh, <laughs> July 17th, you're going to get that VIP COVID seat. all by yourself. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Well, we'll, we'll, We'll stop the circle jerk there. I will just say again, (laughs) thanks to, thank you to Shep, Javon Shepard. Thanks to AR, Andy Routins for 40 episodes um, of a podcast. That was something I've always wanted to do. And I think we, uh, we did great work together. We made, we made music together and just so the world knows Javon Shepard, Andy Routins will leave the podcast after today's show. So this is kind of our gentle breakup episode. So thanks uh thanks to Shep and Andy for all your hard work and involvement in this past year. And now let's get into some basketball talk. And you know we lo- we like to kind of make fun of Shep throughout the year for some of his uh stronger opinions, some of his stronger comments. And after the first night of the play-in rounds, I'm starting to think maybe Shep might have been right. We had a couple of games on uh, on Tuesday night. We see Indiana completely dominate and handle uh, the Charlotte Hornets, bouncing the Hornets from the playoffs, and we see Jason Tatum go off for 50 points um, against Washington, and, and I guess that locks up the seven spot for for Boston and now Washington and Indiana will play for the final spot. Number eight, Shep, I do want to start with you. I'm ready to say you might've been right about the play in. How do you feel about it now that we're the morning after?
1: Well, different. We have a, one game that was a, you know, Denver a 20 point blowout and another that was just shy of a 30 point blowout. And then the only thing you got from that is guys that are banged up and even a guy like Rob Williams for the, for the Celtics, who, you know he's been in a very important part of what the Celtics have done in this latter part of the season. He's hurt now, right? Like so that could have been avoided. Uh, I, and obviously we don't know where where that's going to head. He, it was a pre-existing injury that he reaggravated. But you know when I see that and I see that you know it's, these games are blowouts, we accomplished nothing from it. So I think my stance is the same uh, when it was you know we're playing a having a play in tournament last year when the season got cut short and teams didn't play the. the equal amount of games, I understand it. This is just, I guess, maybe you're trying to recoup money, but, um, you know, I, I don't see it. I, we're still, we'll see how the West plays out tonight. Obviously, that Lakers and Golden State game is, is a hot ticket. And hopefully, it, it turns out a little better than, than what we saw last night, man. I, I just think it's unfortunate for the players, one, because, you know, in the season that they've had, uh, they an extra day of rest uh, into, their, into their, or an extra couple of days going into their, off season would have done well for some guys, you know, and then been able to recover and then get ready for another year. And then you, 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 you just risk injury for, you know, and I, I just keep replaying back to the, the Celtics and, you know, Rob going out with this, uh, Williams going down with this, this injury. And you just think like, this is a team that's already short manned, uh, missing Jalen Brown. And then, and then this, if like I get really hurts, if it is something that's going to keep them up for a couple of games, this this impacts them big time.
0: Andy, what, what do you think? Did did Shep have this right the whole time?
2: I mean, uh, I think I think I've always been on the same wavelength as Shep in terms of the validity of the playoff, the playing games. But at the end of the day, I think this is about COVID and balancing the act of of games missed, guys missed time, you know, uh, extended time due to COVID. Uh, and kind of just trying to balance that act uh, before the play in, the playoffs started. But for, for, I, I share the same sentiment. I don't agree with, you know, teams losing their entire season to, you know, coming down to one game. Um, I think from a fan's perspective, it's, it's a little naive. I think that they look at it as uh, a new entertaining crease in, in the NBA fold. you know, to, to bring fans, to bring attention to the game, um, you know, to see a high level of basketball before the playoffs start, but I don't think they understand that uh, you can get the same level of intensity and you will get the same level of intensity with rested guys heading into that game. One of the playoff series, you know, I think it's a, of equal intensity guys know what, what time of the season it is and, and that's when they turn it on. So, you know, for all, it, for all of it to happen in, in, in one or two games, um, you know, seems a little unfortunate for, for uh, the entire body of work for, for a team during the season, but, um, you know, the games have been, you know, the teams play with a sense of urgency. There's no doubt about that, but they would also play the same way in the first round of the or first game of the first round of the playoffs as well. So, um, it's, it's been interesting. I don't agree with it, but I, I, I do think that they may go back to this format next year, just based upon the attention that has been garnering on social media, uh, and the more naive fans out there, uh, really, really, really gathering towards it.
0: I think if we, look at, if we
2: even look at
1: um, Charlotte and we look at Washington, mm-hmm. they just don't. Even from an optics
2: standpoint, they don't look like a playoff team. They weren't. Completely- oh no! And I think that's why why Washington played the way they did because mentally they knew they're not a playoff team. Yeah, they're just not a
1: playoff team. And I think when you, you, they played like that for the season, um, I, and you, but you know what? Let's to take one positive from this. I think if you look at um, how Indiana played and all the controversy and all the rumors with with Nate Bjorken, he may have silenced some of that. It's just with that one game, he may have bought himself some time because, you know, a couple of weeks ago, he was pretty much on his way out. So I think, um, you know, that if we're going to take any positive from this to this point, again, we still have the West to play tonight, um, maybe have a different measure tomorrow. But, yeah, Nate did a good job with his team, and they just came out prepared. They came out mm-hmm. ready. You couldn't, you didn't really see that this there was any dysfunction uh, among that locker because they came out, they're short, they had been short manned as well, came out fought.
2: Yeah, they played without Karis Levert, you know, who was lost to the uh, the COVID protocol, and yeah, they, I mean, Charlotte's not an easy team to play against. You know, they 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 built chemistry all year. They look like a more seasoned team than I think that they actually are, and 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 I think they ran into a buzzsaw because Indiana looked by far and away the more experienced team last night. Here's
1: something for you guys. Uh, we're, we're probably going off topic with this, but it's our last show, DG. So let's go, go.
0: <laughs> off road, baby. We're no stranger to going off topic. So, it's so funny
1: how much basketball or sports is opportunity and time and situation because mm. O'Shea Brissett, he wasn't good enough to make this Raptors team um, or sorry, finish the season with this Raptors team. But yet he's good enough to play on this to start. On this Indiana team, mm-hmm. uh, that could potentially, you know, find himself in in a making a run in, in this playoff in the playoffs. So, and then you even look at um, what's the name, Len, Alex Len, not definitely in Washington. Washington didn't have any impact here in Toronto. In fact, another guy that was let go, but he's in the playing playing tournament. Whereas, you know, the Raptors are sitting on the outside. So it's it's. Just something that i was i was looking at last night like man like this game is really you there's such a thin line between Mm -hmm. you know players that are on rosters and players that are especially when you're talking about your sixth through 10th man there's very little that separates them. it's all opportunity just being
0: well chef let me let me ask you i mean you you observed the raptors very closely this season did were bris uh Brissett and Len, could they have helped the Raptors? Were they given enough of an opportunity? What is it about the teams that they're on now where they were, they were able to fit in and contribute more than the situation that was in Toronto? I think with that,
1: is, it's all your role, right? Toronto has a certain style, a very niche style of play um and maybe that just didn't fit well and for sure it didn't fit and this is another guy we're going off topic it didn't fit Baines um Aaron Baines and that was somebody that you know fans were pretty hard on here and he just didn't he was put in a situation where he was going to fail like the Mm -hmm. way they they got up and down the shot threes um and they just need somebody to bang and rebound not to mention who he was replacing exactly right oh that's
0: for
2: sure
1: yeah looking at O'Shea um, I think he went into a situation in Indiana where they're a bit more structured. He kind he may know where his opportunities are co- are coming from, um, and again, there was, a, there was opportunity there, not just opportunity where he has to look over his shoulder and earn his minutes. But he had some time to get comfortable because they did have some injuries, and and he capitalized on it, right? So you yeah. have to you have to give him his credit as well, give him his
2: flowers. <laughs> oh, he went higher. He went through the fire. He signed, you know, one ten-day, then signed another ten-day after that, and then ultimately wound up signing a three-year deal. So, shout out to former Syracuse alum. That's you know, that's one of my guys, O'Shea Brissett. I mean, to to have that impact, twenty-three points in a in a in a really crucial game to to solidify your team into the playoffs is is unbelievable. And you talk about timing and opportunity, Chef. That's what the NBA is all about. Um, and I think that you know, to capitalize on what you were talking about. I think the Raptors already kind of know what their identity is. You know, they know the pieces that they want to fit, as opposed to Indiana, who had a rebuilding with the coach. You know, they may be looking for guys to help complete, you know, who their identity is. And, and, and O'Shea is one of those guys who's, he's a workhorse. He's hes hungry. You know, he came in, he can, he can shoot the ball, he can attack the rim. He's, he's a ver- very versatile player you know, he's kind of like a, a very similar player to, to Karis Levert. So they, they see what they have in him and, you know, to have another one of him, you know, by his side on the wing is, is a huge piece for them. And I think uh, he's capitalized and made the most of, 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 his opportunity. And and that's what the NBA is all about.
0: Well, guys, I'm looking at uh, O'Shea Brissett's stats and they're, they're pretty impressive since he comes over from Toronto and, you know, the fact that he does, he puts up 23 points in, in a do or die play in game. Mm -hmm. Um, He had the 31 points against Toronto on May 16th, which I think Indiana needed that game badly. Um, Is this not a player who could have, who could have helped Toronto? I mean, I know there's a different system there and maybe there were guys ahead of him, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure that this was an NBA player. I'm pretty sure of it now. I think they had with the rappers they had a number of guys at that
1: position. They have mm-hmm. a number of winners. Uh, so it was kind of it was a situation where again there just wasn't room for for him and and allowing him to develop and begin get comfortable within the system. They didn't have the luxury of that time as well. And then you had you know two three other guys that could play the position. So with that being said, it's just it's just timing, opportunity, and the situation where as he goes over to an Indiana team and there's a void and he fills it. Not only does he fill it on the wing, but He was playing, he's played some five for them. He's played some four. He's played
0: played some. Well, you're making a a different point there, Shep, which is they're they're kind of, basketball is kind of positionless now. I mean, don't you just want to have the best five players on the court? I mean, I understand you need one big guy, but I I mean, even that, you know, the game is just so much about three-point shooting and his percentages reflect someone who not only belongs in the NBA, but will excel. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. I think you've got to really take your hat off to his mental fortitude. I mean, this is a guy who, who was bounced from the league, has to go to the G League, yeah. gets a 10-day, has to perform, does it again, and then comes out and has the wherewithal in a playoff game to say, okay, I may have been out of the league or a G League guy, you know, a couple months ago, but this is my time now. And to be able to play without a mental lock on yourself or or, you know, with that confidence that – you're an NBA player now and and on the, on the biggest stage is really, really impressive. So I got, you got to take your hat off to him.
0: Well, um, I think that uh, he's got one more opportunity to really show something and the Pacers are going to have to play the wizards. I I have Washington winning that game. You know, it's interesting to me that Boston um, really took that, that Washington game and, and locks down seventh place means they have to play the Brooklyn Nets um, in in the first round. And it does look like Brooklyn is healthy. Uh, Boston is not, as you mentioned earlier, Shep. You know, Jalen Brown's out. Williams is probably going to be out now. Um, Andy, what what kind of shot do you think the Celtics have to, to potentially make things difficult for the Nets in the first round? I don't think they have a shot at all, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, I think they, I agree. they were
2: a team that was also struggling to find their identity. Obviously, you know they had their complications with COVID. They lost a couple. They lost Tatum for a while, um, you know, and, and and they've been badgered all season by the fact that you know these guys have this superstar title and and Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, who weren't really living up to that expectation and. You know we've we've said it and reiterated it time and again that they're kind of mental midgets when it comes down to stretch uh, and they get to playoff time, but I think you know we are seeing a different version of Jason Tatum right now. Um, you know post COVID, obviously he's he's had his struggles and uh, we've seen him use his inhaler on the bench, um, but he's had career highs. You know all throughout the second half of the season, he had 44 against the Warriors. And he had a career high 60 against the Spurs. And then he had a fifty-point night last night when it really mattered the most to to solidify a playoff for us. So, I think as far as individuals go, individuals go, you know, Jason Tatum is showing us that he's the superstar that we thought he was going to be. But I just don't think he has the supporting cast to do that. I mean, Kemba Walker had a nice night with thirty. I think that was really underrated and and kind of the wingman that Boston's needed all year. Um, but I just don't think. I think it's too little, too late for for Boston to head into uh, to the three-headed monster that's Brooklyn.
1: Yeah, to answer your question DG, they don't they don't stand a chance. No I, don't chance. Need, I don't think anybody does, really. Um mm-hmm. but it's funny I was I'm watching um Boston last night and I'm looking, this is the makeup of this team is actually like a real poor poor man's Brooklyn. You have Kimba and Kimba and Kyrie to me. Well, Kim was a lesser Kyrie. Uh you have Tatum, that's a you know, he's not nearly the player that KD is, but similar games in the sense that they just they you know, they use their length, their height. Can get off a shot at any point. Um, can score at three levels, and then you have uh, who? Well, Jalen Brown's injured, but which is you know that third score uh, that would be a, a poor man's Harden, a real, real poor man's Harden. I don't want any, anybody to get that misconstrued, but just from <laughs> yeah. that three-headed,
2: three-headed, the poorest
1: yeah, version, <laughs> yeah, that three-headed monster there. Um, yeah, but I, I definitely I don't think they stand any chance. I think. Like AR said, Boston is still – they were still finding their identity through, um, you know, the end of the season. They battled – you know, they had, were hit hard with COVID uh, this year as so well. I think they've had most players missed um, from health and safety protocols. So, uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a long stretch for them. Right? And they really need, you know, the performance that Tatum had last night. I think that's the only way they're going to stand a chance competing against that Brooklyn team. And, and that's hard to do, especially for a young guy. Um, to maintain that level. Uh, I think that's where that's we get lost in that as well, just forgetting that Tatum, Brown, they're, they're really young guys. They're still maturing. They're still growing. We still have to give them time now when they're getting the experience of being the man, maybe in the next year or two. Uh, following this is when you're really going to see uh, that true Boston team.
0: I, I like what you guys are saying. I've had Brooklyn winning the East all year. and anything less than that would be a shocking uh, development and disappointment for for that team and that organization, especially the way they've handled the regular season. I just don't think the Nets cared one way or another where they finished, how many games they played, who led the league in scoring, this, that, or the other thing. If ever there was a team that was built for the playoffs, it's the Nets. Fellas, let me me ask you this real quick. Do you think that
2: Obviously a lot of teams and guys have been affected by COVID protocol, missed time from injuries, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that it matters for a team like LA or Brooklyn heading into the playoffs that that chemistry could be derailed a little bit because the Lakers are just getting LeBron and AD back. The Brooklyn will play for the first time at full strength heading into the playoffs with Kyrie, Katie, and, and James Harden. Do you think that affects their chemistry going into that game whatsoever? Or do you think they're experienced and, and have a, enough talent to override that? I think
1: they have enough talent to override the first round, maybe second mm-hmm. round. Mm-hmm. When you get to that, you know, conference finals and, and NBA finals, that's when chemistry kicks in more than anything. Kick in serious. Yeah. And, and I've said time and time again that, you know, Brooklyn is a team to beat. But if I'm basing it on this philosophy, I still think you know Brooklyn may have a tough time with LA uh, in the finals. Be it that they they've been together a little longer. AB been there before. Yeah. If the Lakers even get there,
0: they have a I pretty treacherous the road. Yep. They have a road, but they also have LeBron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, the but the Nets, trump card. the Nets have KD. He's he's beat LeBron in the finals. I I, I look. I I think a Nets Lakers finals would be so amazing. It would be such a star studded thing. And you guys, you guys are professional players, you know, about the chemistry thing way more than I could ever, um, explain it. But I think that those three guys on the nets are so good. They are such amazing ball players. And not only do they have, uh, experience in the NBA playoffs, but they've been on teams that were thrown together quickly internationally. Right. I mean, they've all played for team USA, they're, not that the competition was too stiff against those, but they didn't have a lot of time to develop chemistry. And maybe even the, the Nets are developing some chemistry in their in their first round series, in their second round series. And by the time they get a, a more formidable opponent, they, I, I, I don't see how they can't be good to go. I, I think the only thing that could slow down the Nets... Is if one of Harden or Durant uh, gets injured or reaggravates their injuries and, and that stops, and it, it's hard to see the chemistry really, really being much of an issue. You know, didn't didn't the Lakers didn't the Lakers get Rondo kind of in the bubble last year, or was he with them all year, or he I hadn't mean, really Rondo, played a lot, he had been injured? Yeah,
2: yeah, he's, I, one those, just, he's one of those immediate impact guys. He's such a basketball savant that you can place him <laughs> anywhere in any given situation, and he can make it work. Yeah, I
0: think he's he's an exception. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, ahead, guys, let's let's take a break here and uh, talk about a couple more of these East matchups. We'll be back right after this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. Jim Rats and Joints, the breakup episode, Javon Shepard, Andy Routens, myself, Dan Gladman, and our superstar producer, Dan Wong. Uh, We have, uh, you know, maybe 15 minutes left to talk some more basketball before I say see you later to Shep and Andy, but not goodbye. Uh, Guys, we would be remiss not to mention a couple of Eastern Conference first round matchups that I think are pretty terrific. And I, I actually want to start with the Knicks and the Hawks, Andy, your Knicks. I just think these are two teams that are not going to get to the NBA Finals. We know that they are two teams who I think are overachievers already. And I think this is going to be a real war because for whichever team wins this first round series, it's almost like their NBA Finals right, wrong, somewhere in between?
2: I think they've been out of even playoff contention for so long and and just going through it for so long that each organization respectively has put in the work to get back to where they are. And, you know, I got to say, I've never, I I can't say that I would pull for the Knicks or, you know, or the Hawks. I don't have affiliations or or affiliations or allegiances to either one. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm really loving the culture that's back in New York. You know, I, I think that, they have the right type of personnel. They have the right coach. They have the right GM in place to make the Knicks great again, or, or or somewhat to who they used to be. I don't think it's fair to consistently or continually, you know, pit them against the nineties Knicks. I think that's, that's a different generation. I think that's, you know, should be kept in the past. They need to look forward. And I think that's what they're doing right now. And and they have, they had that in a cornerstone guy and Julius Randle. I mean, he's taken a, a page out of Kobe's book. You know, he's a tireless, relentless worker. And I think he set the tone, uh, for the rest of the guys, you can see RJ following suit. Um, you know, you know, Tom Thibodeau is the type of guy that enforces and, and respects, uh, you know, hard work and, and, and work ethic. So I think that, you know, the culture there is just, is just set in stone for the future for these guys to continue to work hard. And, um, you know, it's a superstar landing spot as well. I think it's from what I read in social media, quote unquote, dis- disgruntled superstar landing spot. So, you know, we could see them add another piece um, to that puzzle to make them even, uh, you know, more contenders for next year. Uh, but Atlanta has done their respective work as well. I think they put together a, a, a very diverse crew, uh, international experience as well. Um, They played the game the right way. And and, and, and the coaching change in Nate McMillan was was a great call. Obviously, it changed the dynamic in the locker room and it kind of, uh, you know, let Trey Young know that, you know, he's not the only one there and and to integrate other guys within the offense to take that load off him too. So I think going forward in the future, these teams are going to be really exciting to watch. I think they have great core chemistry right now. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I do like the Knicks in this this playing game. I agree. I agree with AR. I think when you just look at this next roster,
1: I, I, and you know, they're not supposed to be here. Right. This, at this point in, in, you know, the Tibbs era, mm-hmm. them being, you know, I think they're just, and they're just doing it on the defensive end. They don't play the prettiest basketball. They're probably not going to watch them and get excited about anything, but you know, the best rebounding teams in the league probably, I think if they are the best defensive team at this point, um, I think their opponents are just at like 104 points per game this season. And, and you know, the, the way the league is right now and teams scoring and getting up and down, that's actually an accomplishment. Um, so uh, it, it's really good to see, you know, the development of Randall, who he's becoming because he's kind of been outcasted before as well and just that guy that's almost a head case in a sense um, and hard to handle. But he's taken on this leader role this year and really, you know, been the catalyst for this group. I think RJ as well, he's coming into his own. He's finally settling and understanding, you know, what his strengths are, where to find his spots and how to, how to impact the game outside of just scoring um, and the knock on the shooting. He's, you know, found his shots, found his rhythm and just become a better player all around. And that in itself is just translated into wins for them to be, you know, fourth in the East when, you know, coming from a year they had last year that says a lot about the guys that they have, have on that unit. And I think even Tibbs, if I'm remembering correct, hearing, you know, reading about um, a couple of weeks ago, he had to completely have a blackout because guys were just, you know, they're working so hard that he said, no, nobody's going in the gym. And for Tibbs to say that, that yeah. speaks. <laughs> yeah. that, that says that, it all right there. Is right there. So that you have to commend that group. And I, I, I want to see them win. Like, I want to see them make, push, not just the first round. I want to see them make a run in this thing only because it, it'll it also change or help to change the culture of basketball right now and get back to, you know, the hard nose and just playing defense. Whereas right now, teams yeah. are just to everybody. So where are mm-hmm. at I wasn't a fan early on in the year. I'm still not a fan now. I have to, you know. They also have a
0: great coach.
1: Yeah, that they do, that they do. So um, some really young good young pieces. Um, and you know, you ha- you have to respect what they do. So it, I think that'll probably be one of the better matchups in the first round. Uh just because you have two two teams that are pretty much all team. Um, and just really trying to create a space and get get some
2: acknowledgement or respect on their name. Uh and you know, credit to both of them. And D Rose yeah. is one of those guys too that we have to really celebrate. You know he's one of those guys who who, who never gave up you know fought through a, a tremendous amount of injuries uh a lot of people writing him off and and like you said timing and situation you see julius randall blooming right now derrick rose is like the veteran in the locker room who's you can see emmanuel quigley's becoming one of the the best point guards in the league under his tutelage and uh you know hats off to him for for keeping it going and 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 you know this guy is not short of money by any stretch of the imagination so for him to continue to do it and uh, and 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 really chase his dream to continue to try to be a champion. I got to got to take your hat off to D Rose. I
0: I think it's going to be a, a first round series that's going to be super competitive and and very fun to watch. I'd love to see I'd love to see the Knicks and the 76ers in a second round series. A nice little regional rivalry. Guys, we're really we're really running low on time. I, we'd be remiss to not talk about the Milwaukee Miami rematch. Uh, last year, it was the Heat who probably surprised the Bucks uh, to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals, where they would eventually beat Boston. Um, Shep, what? It, it short, short answer. Who do you think is going to emerge this year between Miami and Milwaukee? Miami. I'm not a believer in Milwaukee. Wow. Uh, so you see Milwaukee uh, right going down the in the first round.
1: <laughs> I see Milwaukee going down in the first round. Wow. If that happens, we're coming back
2: on for a show just so I could laugh. <laughs> I uh, I don't see the same thing. I can't share the same sentiment, Chef. I I don't think Miami is the team that they were last year. I think uh, you know the hoorah behind Jimmy Butler and 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 being dogs and the culture. I think that's kind of worn off a little bit. Um, I I don't think that you know, they have the same mental toughness that they did last year. You know, heading into the bubble. Um Milwaukee's just an underrated team. Giannis is is up for MVP contention again and he's not even in any in any of the conversations. Um you know, he's just doing his due diligence and putting in work to win a championship. I don't I don't necessarily think they have what it takes to advance past the first or second but uh, or past the second round, but I I don't see them losing to uh, Miami in, in this, in this uh, first round series.
0: I I'm, I'm actually on the side of Andy on this one. I, I think Milwaukee is, is going to win this series. I thought Miami was a little ahead of schedule last year. And I still almost don't know how they made it, how they won the East last year. I think they were the yeah. sixth seed. Um, I thought I was very surprised by how good they turned out to be. And they didn't really show much again in the regular season, but maybe that's, uh, that's their poison. Yeah. Fellas,
2: we, we, I think, the also room this not to talk about A, who we think rookie of the year is going to be at this point because Anthony Edwards had held his season uh, when he closed it out, and B, who the overall MVP will be this year.
0: Well, Jokic is the MVP. (laughs) (laughs) Jokic is, he he is the, I think,
2: Stephanie. I think Steph, if if the advance pass, if they beat the Lakers, you know, they do some work in the playoffs. I well, the votes are, the votes before. are in
0: the votes are oh, in. So it's been, it's been determined guys. Wow. Um, we're under a minute. I just want to thank you so much for everything that we've done in these, uh, these 40 episodes. I consider both of you brothers and, uh, gym rats and joints. It won't be the same. Um, but everything that you guys have put into this is, is so appreciated by myself And, uh, you know, I look forward to working with you on other other media endeavors, sports endeavors down the road.
2: Yeah, just want to say thank you guys once again. Thank you uh, to our uh, minimal audience. Uh, We appreciate your loyalty (laughs) week after week. But, no, thanks again for the opportunity, guys. It was a pleasure. And this is not going to be the last time we all work together, it's safe to say. Absolutely.
0: Okay, well, there's the last word. Uh, we'll leave that to Andy Routens. Thank you so much to everybody for your involvement in this podcast. We will be back in a different, uh, a different way of doing things next week. Thanks to you all.
2: Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops, if we're stopping to get gas.